Thank you for joining IRW Coffee Break. This is a podcast series hosted by KPMG IRW specialists within the Washington National Tax Practice to discuss current topics in the field of information reporting and withholding. Every episode will discuss a discrete area of interest in a brief segment. So we invite you to grab a cup of coffee or just get comfortable while we explore all things IRW. Hi, I'm Carson Lay, and today I'll be chatting about Form 1042 and 1042S reporting with Jerry Kahn, a Managing Director in KPMG's Information Reporting and Withholding Practice. Welcome back to the podcast, Jerry. Thanks for having me again, Carson. So with the March 15th deadline just a few weeks away, I'd like to start off with a discussion of administrative issues for filers to keep in mind as they're getting their submissions ready. Can you provide a quick summary of the changes made for the 2021 filing year regarding how and when to file? Basically, the timing is the same as last year. For, for the 2021 season. Most of the process is also the same for last year. One change that I want to highlight or one new process that's not new for this year but recent is the need to fax extension request for recipient copies of Forms 1042S. The content of the request is the same, but the need to have access to a fax machine to fax it is something with home agents should be aware of. So that's going to give filers some more leeway and that they won't need to rush to the post office to get their extensions mailed on the deadline. But on the other hand, they're going to just need to make sure that they have access to a fax machine if it's something they're considering. That's right. That is definitely something any filer considering filing recipient copy extension should be aware of so they don't get caught unprepared close to the deadline. Speaking of missing deadlines, another thing filers get tripped up on is the 30-day extension for Forms 1042S which extends the deadline to April 14th, not April 15th. Yes, that is a common misconception. On the other hand, withholding agent can get an additional six months by filing Form 7004 to extend the requirement for the Form 1042. This gives them until September 15th to submit the Form 1042 to the IRS. Let's move on to actually completing the forms. A lot of filers like to use prior year forms as a starting point for preparing their new filings. And one issue that trips people up when they do this is changes to the Form 1042S coding from year to year. What coding changes should filers be aware of for 2021? Fortunately for filers, the coding is almost the same as last year. There are no significant changes to the income codes or status codes. The only change that's new for this year is the addition of a Chapter 3 exemption code 24 for foreign governments and international organizations exempt from tax under Section 892. And the fact that the exemption is based on Section 892 means that it's only going to apply to governments and international organizations that have provided a Form W-8EXP. And a government or international organization that provides a Form W-8BEN-E isn't claiming relief under 892. So Code 24 isn't going to apply in those situations. That's right. The new code only applies for recipients who provided a W-8EXP. Filers need to use a different exemption code for recipients that provide any other type of form, such as a W-8BEN-E or W-8ECI, even if they're still claiming to be a government or international org status. So you address status and exemption codes, but what about the LOB codes or limitation on benefits codes? While there aren't any other changes to the actual coding, filers should be aware that the LOB code is absolutely required this year. Because of the transition rules that existed for prior years, entities claiming treaty and not including the LOB code may not have been automatically flagged for penalties. But now that the transition period is over, 
we expect that the IRS will be actively enforcing treaty claims by entities without LOB codes provided under the Form 1042S. And forms that claim reduced withholding under treaty also need to typically include the recipient's U.S. or foreign TIN. There's the exception for TIN requirements for income on certain publicly traded securities, but in that case, the income code should reflect uh, the use of the exemption. That's correct. Income codes 13 and income codes 51 to 54 are the income codes that are used to identify publicly traded securities. When using these codes, withholding agents do not need to include the recipient TIN, but you'll still need to include a proper LOB code for entity recipients. Another point for our listeners to keep in mind is that these treaty requirements apply for any reduced treaty rate, not just a full treaty exemption, which means that the rules are typically going to apply either when the Chapter 3 exemption code is 04, which indicates that the payment is entirely exempt from withholding under a tax treaty, or there's no Chapter 3 exemption, but the withholding rate is something less than 30%. That's correct. While there are some situations, for example, publicly traded partnership distributions where the code can be something other than 30%, typically if the withholding rate is higher than zero but less than 30%, it can be presumed that the rate of withholding is being reduced because of a treaty claim made by the recipient, in which case we would expect to see a TIN and an LOB code for an entity. And if the requirements aren't met, we expect the IRS to start issue and automatic penalties on these forms. So that's helpful. Any other updates or reminders for our listeners to keep in mind when preparing their forms 1042S this year? A couple of key things to keep in mind this year. U.S. filers should include U.S. as the country code. All amounts should be rounded to the nearest whole dollar. And financial institutions need to include account numbers on the form 1042S. While reviewing Forms 1042S, I'm seeing a lot of institutions leave out their account numbers and they're submitting the 1042S, identifying themselves as financial institutions. And you mentioned rounding. I think another important thing for filers to keep in mind is that when they're doing rounding, rounding should be the final step to make sure the the numbers line up. That's a good point. Filers should do all their calculations using exact numbers and then at the end, round the, the final number that goes on the return. And that's going to apply for the Form 1042 as well as the 1042S, correct? That's correct. Values should be rounded on both Forms 1042 and 1042S. And ideally, the amounts reported on 1042 should line up with the sums of the amounts reported on the 1042S. There might be some small rounding errors, but if you're rounding as the last step, these errors should be minimal. That said, For those institutions that have a high volume of transactions, don't be afraid to include a variance and an explanation of your variance on your Form 1042. So any other updates or reminders on Forms 1042 that filers should be aware of? The 2021 Form 1042 is the same as the 2020 version, so no updates to speak of. But I do have a few reminders. The liability schedule on lines 1 to 60 of section one of the form should generally reflect the filer's withholding liability based on your liability date. Some filers instead include amounts paid to the IRS or their deposit dates, which isn't correct. Section two, which is the FATCA reconciliation section, is required to be completed, whether or not you're making withholdable payments subject to FATCA. And finally, for partnerships filing forms 1042S under the new method, the Form 1042 needs to be completed appropriately to reflect use of the new method. 
Otherwise, deposits that were timely made in accordance with the new method would be treated as late and likely lead to penalty notices. So that's a really great point. The new Form 1042-S reporting method for partnerships under the proposed Treasury regulations, which basically aligns the Form 1042-S reporting with the Schedule K-1, is still optional for 2021 filings. So partnerships that haven't yet adopted the new method can continue filing Forms 1042-S under the LAG method this year. But for any of our listeners that have decided to report under the new method, making sure the 1042 reflects use of the new method is going to be really important to avoid those unnecessary penalties. And partnerships filing under the new method should also keep in mind that box 7C needs to be checked for all forms 1042S reporting payments made after March 15th of the subsequent year. So for 2021 filings, we're talking about payments made or deemed made after March 15th, 2022 that are being reported on the 2021 form 1042S. Checking box 7C lets the IRS know that the form is subject to the September 15th deadline under the new method rather than the standard March 15th deadline. So before we go, would you mind summarizing the various Form 1042-S and Form 1042 filing deadlines and extensions? I'm thinking we go through the standard deadlines first, then we can address the deadlines under the new method. Happy to. Your standard Form 1042-S is due to the IRS and to the recipients by 315. For filing with the IRS, you can obtain an automatic 30-day extension by filing Form 8809. And as a reminder, that gives you until 414 to submit your 1042-S. Another point to make here is please don't wait until 315 to try to access the IRS fire system. There were some changes to the sign-on screen within the fire system this year, and a lot of withholding agents have been having issues accessing their account. So you want to give yourself enough time to access the fire system way before the 315 filing deadline. With regards to Form 1042, the due date is 315 with an automatic extension available by filing Form 7004. The automatic extension gives you an additional six months to file, which gets you until September 15. Form 1042S recipient copy is due to recipients by 315 with potential 30-day extension by faxing a request to the IRS. With regards to partnership filing 1042S, under the proposed method, the deadline is 315 for payments made 315 or earlier with a 30-day extension available by filing a Form 8809. For payments made after 315, the deadline is automatically extended to 915 without the need to file an extension. But as mentioned earlier, Box 7C should be checked on the applicable forms. Something to keep in mind is that the deadline for filing Form 1042 is the normal 315 deadline. So you would have to proactively file an extension by submitting the Form 7004. This will give you until 915 to finalize your Form 1042. And one final reminder is that the IRS released its new Form 1042-S data integrity system recently, and that's been covered on prior episodes. The data integrity system allows withholding agents to submit their Forms 1042-S to get reviewed for errors through an automated system, which hopefully will help them limit the number of errors that come across in the forms. You can find the episodes discussing the data integrity system on the IRW Coffee Break homepage. That wraps up this episode of IRW Coffee Break. Jerry, thanks for chatting with me today. Happy to be here, Carson. Thanks for having me. And to all of our listeners, I hope you found the discussion helpful. If you have any suggestions for other topics that you'd like to hear more about, 
please let us know by hitting the feedback button on the podcast page. Thanks again for listening.